Hello, and welcome into another edition of Find the Edge with Nick and Cody. Coming at you with our Week 18 recap, NFL regular season in the books. Moving on to the playoffs, we will give a preview of the Wild Card Weekend games. Cody and I with an identical 3-2 and two record on uh, the Week 18 slate. Finished up another solid year for the pod codes. The Buffalo Bills came through for us on Sunday night and gave us a winning week at the end of the day. I feel like three and two is a nice microcosm for uh, our season as a whole. You know, not absolutely killing it most of the year, but just steady throughout. And, uh, you know, we ended up getting the job done there. Thank you um, to a tug of Iloa for throwing that pick at the end of the game. Yeah, and thank you to just the entire Miami team for not taking advantage of all of those Josh Allen turnovers in the first half. We uh, yeah, we appreciate won. you because I was watching that first half and I was very nervous about that bet. I was like, damn, man, come on. Just keep the ball with your team. Now, granted, I guess one of them was on like fourth and two and like it would have been a turnover anyway. The defender was there. He was going to get stopped. But right anyway, it was still it was still just a lot of turnovers from Josh Allen. But yeah, a three and two week. Pretty exciting stuff going into the playoffs. Uh, we have a lot of stats, and then I have a little game for us to play before we go over the preview, kind of going over some of our favorite and least favorite teams of the season, those kind of things. So pretty loaded episode. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you join the Facebook page. Uh, Nick, do you have anything else, or do you want to take it away? Uh, actually, before we do our actual bets, we had uh, Michigan and Washington play last night. Did you have any takeaways from the national championship game? Yeah, disappointing effort from uh, Michael Penix. Uh, kind of think most anybody that uh, was familiar with these two teams knew he was probably going to have to be the best player on the field for the Huskies to have a shot there. And he uh, just kind of laid a bit of an egg. Obviously, Michigan's defense did a decent amount to make that happen. But I feel like, you know, if you asked Michael Penix how he played last night, he would say he did not deliver his best performance. Definitely did not look like for the guy sure. against... Uh, the Texas Longhorns a couple nights before. But if I was a team uh, drafting in the middle of the first round, I think I would be happy about last night's performance because I don't think it necessarily changes much about what you thought about him as a prospect, and his draft stock probably took a bit of a hit, so you might have a better chance of getting him uh, you know, in the teens or the 20s. We'll see where he ends up. Uh, I think we'll see where he ends up falling. I, I think he might fall a little bit in the pre-draft process. I don't imagine he's going to test super well. And he's had ACL surgery on both his knees, so we'll see how that comes out. But um, I, I like the player. I think if the, the Broncos ended up with him somehow, whether it be with uh, an early second or you know trading back with a first-round pick, I, I'd be happy with him. So uh, disappointing game overall, I'd say. But you know, the, the right team probably won. Yeah, I, I said on the podcast that I liked Michigan minus the points in the matchup, but did not have the stones to bet it. I, I definitely thought there was a chance that Washington could win that game. I was pretty nervous. Um, but yeah, like I said, probably just the better team, the overall ended up winning last night and ended up pulling away in the second half, obviously covering that spread. But uh, you ready to get into our winners and losers from week 18? Let's do it, Cody. I'll kick it off here. We uh, should have overlapped on all five games. We uh, had four, well. yeah, four bets that we followed each other on. Went three and one on those. The uh, lone bets that each of us went the uh, went a different direction. We both lost. So I'll start with mine. Uh, Carolina plus four and a half. Both of them, you could argue, uh, that being mine and Cody's bets that we went solo on. 
pretty bad beats. Uh, Carolina plus four and a half. Carolina loses this game nine to zero. Neither offense does really anything in this ball game. Uh, again, if you give me the, the final stats at the end of the game, and I knew that going in, I would have taken this bet hundred times out of a hundred. Uh, the Carolina Panthers uh, are just kind of the exception to the rule at this point. Through at this point in the year, though, they uh, have found ways to lose these games. Two straight shutouts to end the year. I don't have a stat on that, but. I have to imagine it's been a long, long time since we've seen an NFL team do that in two straight games to end their year. Uh, but yeah, absolutely devastating bad beat. If you uh, did not watch this game, I didn't have eyes on it, but I saw a, uh, a highlight of it uh, a, a bit after it happened. DJ Shark, I believe it was DJ Shark anyway, had uh, a 43 yard touchdown uh, about an inch away from it. And the infamous uh, touchback rule where if you dive for the pylon, you lose control of it and it goes through the uh, the end zone. It ends up being a touchback for the other team. Obviously caught us there and Carolina just couldn't get on the board. I think they had another touchdown called back on a procedural penalty. Uh, so, yeah, the Panthers really just, just found a way to lose this one and not cover. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if you would have told me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were going to have about 200 yards of total offense and scored nine points, I would have uh, – already sent my ticket to the pay window just uh just didn't work out for us this time yeah the uh the saints have to be just hating the Car- saints fans have to be hating the carolina panthers right now because they they should have won this game 14 9 14 to 9 for sure uh tampa bay couldn't do anything baker's super banged up getting into the going into the playoffs we'll talk about that yes, later but Terrible bad beat. If either of those two touchdowns that they should have scored go in, you cover. And like I said, they probably should have won outright. But that was Carolina's season. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, my my loss, my solo loss of the week. I took the under in the Cowboys and Commanders game. It was at forty seven. They unfortunately scored forty eight points. Uh, we had a little. Uh, a doink that caused one field goal to miss early in the fourth, keeping the uh, the hope alive. But unfortunately, Brandon Aubrey ended up making an additional field goal. Can't remember exactly how much time was left, but I want to say we were a little over like, a minute. Un- yeah, I was gonna say under two minutes. So I was hoping that the Cowboys would do the uh, what the Chiefs did earlier this season when they played the Patriots and just take the knee and you know hand the ball over, <laughs> make sure that under cashed. But. Uh, I guess Mike McCarthy had a little bit on the over, had to take those three points for me. So. Yeah, I think unfortunate, um, but is what it is. The, the, the kicker situation kind of played into it. I feel like you know he wanted to give his kicker a little confidence after he'd missed his first two field goals of the year heading into the playoffs, so he let him kick that last one. I think the uh, the blocked field goal uh, and then subsequent touchdown by the Commanders was kind of where the under was lost. Uh, you know, if the, uh, cause the commanders really did nothing on offense other than nothing. that, you know, they, they were given the, obviously the very, very short field. I believe it was inside the 10 cashed in on the touchdown there, but, uh, beyond that only three points. So, you know, if the commanders end up with say six points in this game, uh, you know, the, the Cowboys probably don't have the juice to cover that 47, but unfortunate, definitely a, a bit of a bad beat, but, uh, you know. These odds makers are, are paid a lot of money for a reason. They they knew it was going to land right on forty seven, and uh, it was one point over. So, uh, can't play, beat yourself up too much there. We'll go to our first shared or our, our only shared loss of the day. That's Chicago plus three, just on the completely wrong side of this one. Justin Fields didn't show up. 
Bears offense under 200 yards total offense. I didn't watch a lot of this one. Cody was texting me throughout. Uh, seems like it was a frustrating game to watch, so I'm kind of glad I didn't. Chicago had chances, uh, plenty of chances in the second half, just could not make uh, a drive to to get back in this game. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we backed Justin Fields in this one, and he really let us down. I don't really have much else to say other than that. Uh, you know, uh, an eight-point loss even with that poor of a performance from the offense, uh, you know, uh, we just expected more from Fields and the Bears offense. Yeah, going down with the ship, Chicago was one of our more frequently bet teams uh, whenever I added up all of you know mine and yours. So uh, probably Justin Fields' last game as a Bear as well. I don't think that yeah, that performance so. going into this offseason is going to save his uh, job there. So unfortunate for that. He'll, I'm sure he'll find another landing spot, have another opportunity. He's shown he's capable of making some plays. He just has not been able to make the easy throws. I I know I don't have the stat 100% correct, but at some point in the fourth quarter, they showed a graphic of uh, negative plays, and the Bears were at 10 or 11, and the Packers were at, I want to say, one or two. They maybe had two. So the Packers were just constantly moving the ball forward. The the Bears just could not get out of their own way. A lot of screens that amounted to nothing, a lot of run plays that amounted to nothing, and that has been their, uh, their season whenever they – you know, kind of get lost in the shuffle and end up losing these low scoring games. So it is what it is. I think Nick and I would both agree that we'd want Justin Fields to run a little bit more. That was his one characteristic that kind of offset or sets him aside from other quarterbacks in the NFL, but never really saw that as much this year. Yeah, it definitely came and went a bit. Uh, sometimes worked in the game plan, sometimes not. But yeah, at the end of the day, this bet uh, I can I can live with because we were definitely all on the wrong side of it. Not like that Carolina one or the uh, your under, in my opinion. I think both of those were very probably true. just bad luck. Our next two I'm going to lump together because they were very similar plays and they both cashed rather easily. Uh, that is Tennessee plus four and the New York Giants plus five and a half. The Giants uh, was never in doubt. They went up uh, 24 to zero, I believe, before the Eagles put any points on the board and their backups, the, that the Eagles, that is, were in before they scored any points in this game. So the five and a half point cover was never in question. Super easy win there. That Eagles team was had completely fallen apart by uh, about five minutes left in the second quarter. Tennessee plus four. A little bit of a sweat in the first half. It was going back and forth. Jags went up three. But I think as soon as Tennessee retook the lead, uh, you know, we never really had any sweat after that. I'm not sure Jacksonville even tied the game after that. So uh, covering plus four was uh, – it looked pretty good all day. It seemed like the Titans kind of came to play right off the bat. So – Good call by both of us. Again, these divisional games, uh, you want to take the uh, the dog, especially when they're at home, and especially uh, in these situations where that you know they can play spoiler. Yeah. Also, just on the other side of it, we got two teams dealing with a lot of injuries. Quarterbacks are a little bit banged up. Like you said, the Eagles kind of already had their spot secured, so uh, they probably weren't. Well, I mean, A.J. Brown got hurt. Jalen Hurts dislocated his finger. I mean, we really don't know how long they would have played into that game, especially once the Cowboys started pulling away. But, uh, yeah, on the Tennessee side, same thing with Jacksonville. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is super banged up. They have some other injuries on their defense. So, uh, just, yeah, I think both these were really good bets. I think that when we went back and looked at the Action Network, both of these were both pro bets on the week. So, these yeah. dogs at home, especially in divisional matchups, are they're a winning bet probably 60-plus percent of the time. Got to love that. 
yeah, by my count, there are four games that kind of cover this, uh, you know, fit this mold, uh, that being the Titans game, the Giants game, the Cardinals game, and the Panthers game, as far as teams that didn't have anything to play for, had their starting quarterback, and were playing against a divisional opponent. Obviously, everybody playing against a divisional opponent in Week 18, but, um, you know, those four games fit that bill. Three out of four of them covered. It's just a long-term winner. Uh, obviously, Carolina didn't work out, but... Uh, you know, 75% at the end of the day is going to get it done. So this is a guarantee. If you uh, get fast forward to 2024 week 18, we are going to be backing uh, the, you know, the underdogs that are at home that, you know, can play spoiler in this situation. Once again, Uh, I mentioned it before I got to the recap here, Buffalo ended up covering on Sunday night, minus two and a half. Uh, Definitely uh, did not feel great throughout Uh, But I think at the end of the day, the right team won this game. Buffalo dominated on the stat sheet, over 150 more total yards in Miami. They just could not get out of their own way in the red zone. Three turnovers by Josh Allen and crew, but uh, they were able to withstand it. The punt return for a touchdown definitely uh, got them, you know, probably in the right mindset. Josh Allen touchdown at the end uh, to, to secure it. So Thankfully, the Bills got their act together in the fourth quarter, made us sweat it out, but the right side won this uh, game, in my opinion. 100%. The Buffalo Bills have been one of the best teams in football the past six weeks. They, If if Josh Allen was playing like prime Josh Allen of last year, they would be considered probably the favorite in the AFC to win the Super Bowl. He has truly been holding them back from being a very, very, very good football team. Now, Granted, he does do a lot of good things that help out with that, but he he's been struggling. And you got to be a little worried going to the playoffs. You got to love that you won that game and you get the Steelers matchup in Week One because you don't feel too bad about that one. But you know, if they either yeah, play the Chiefs at home or whoever it ends up being in the second round, there his turnovers are going to be a concern. So if he can find a way to keep the ball with his team, I think that they have a great chance to make a playoff push. And like I said, I think they've been playing like one of the best teams in the NFL, you know, like the past six weeks, however long this win streak has been going. And that's without Josh Allen being amazing. So shout out to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, right now they are the third uh, highest favorite. uh, If you go check uh, Super Bowl odds right now, obviously the Ravens and 49ers are distant first and second since they don't have to play this weekend. But uh, Buffalo Bills are the third favorite uh, on most books to uh, win the Super Bowl. I believe they, the Chiefs, and the Cowboys are all clustered pretty close together, three, four, and five. But um, yeah, even with Josh Allen's struggles, that says a lot about this Bills team. Uh, we'll see. That should be that. That'd be a fun game. I mean, uh, we'll we'll get to the games later. So I guess I'll just save it for that uh, as far as future matchups go. But. Cody, uh, I don't know if we wanted to do a little recap of our uh, 2023 season. Pretty successful overall for the podcast. Uh, I know you have a few statistics for us, so I'll throw it to you. Yeah, we'll just kind of go through some of these. These are just some fun things. Um, first thing we'll go over, what do you think your best division was betting-wise this year? You actually had two pretty big outliers that I'll tell you about, but what do you think your best divisions were in your these are not going to include your over-unders. These are just going to be your bets against the spread and the team that you bet on. So, okay. So the team I bet on uh, would be – okay, okay. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I feel like the NFC East did me pretty well. I rode the Giants these past couple weeks. The Cowboys, I know I had a few covers hit. Um, so I'll just throw them out there. Let's say NFC East. 
NFC East was one of them. You went nine, five, and two betting on NFC East teams this year. All and right. then the other oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was the NFC North. You went six, oh, and two betting on the NFC East. So oh, six, wow. oh, okay. and two betting on the NFC East. Did not lose a game when you bet on a team on in the East. There and we then go. uh I'm glad I stayed off Washington this this past yeah. week to keep my perfect record alive. And then again, the NFC North, you were nine, five, and two, which was really good. And then the other big outlier was the AFC North. You were seven and one betting on the AFC North this year. So All right. two, two of your best divisions by far. Mine was definitely the AFC East. I went five and two in the AFC East. And then a lot of my other divisions were, you know, one, one, one this way or that way. Right. Uh, your best teams, you already called one out, the Giants. You actually did not call out the second team, but it has been a team you bet pretty consistently all year. Um, if you were a listener of this show, I think you would know who this team is because Nick calls them out just about every single episode. <laughs> um, it, let's, is it the, oh man, I am really drawing a blank here. Um, I want to say that, is it Cleveland? No, Chicago, maybe. I mean, I know I was on them a lot recently. I don't think I was on them throughout the year though. Just, uh, just let me, let me hear it. Let me hear it. All right, you went four one and one betting on the Detroit Lions this year. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, all over Detroit. Even if you didn't bet on them, I think you mentioned them in every single preview that we did. <laughs> they they you liked them on their line, so they were one of your favorite teams. They for sure. yeah the the public was on uh, Detroit a lot. That they they had a successful year against the spread. Dan Campbell, um, I've seen some statistics that he's I think one of the most profitable coaches in NFL history. Obviously, a somewhat small sample size with him, but. Uh, he just recently hit, I think, a 50-game threshold that kind of, you know, puts him into that category. So, uh, yeah, he had a lot of success betting the Lions this year, and I'm sure other people did as well. Absolutely. My best teams, the Bills, 4-0, and and then both the Rams and the Giants, I went 3-0 and betting those teams. So, had a Very couple nice. of uh, good runs with both with all three of them. Uh, your worst division, I feel like there's going to – there's specifically one team that causes this outlier which i'm sure you can guess but go right ahead i'm gonna go with the (laughs) nfc south and i think that's probably both of our worst divisions if i had to guess absolutely the nfc south i went two and six you went one and four we went a combined three and ten betting on the nfc south this year those damn panthers Uh, man i just specifically the panthers we went one and seven as a podcast backing the panthers i was zero and three you were one and four those that was do you know if those are all different weeks? We didn't ever overlap on them, I don't think. So that I think, uh, that I think we overlapped actually at least once. I think was when it? they okay. played the Cowboys okay. and they were like ten and a half point underdogs That's or right. something like that. Mm-hmm. I think we both took them, but I think other than that, they were most other weeks. I didn't look on uh, any other website to see what their total was, but I'm pretty sure they were two and fifteen or three and fourteen ATS on the season. So we weren't the only ones that got burned by the Panthers. And then I also went 0-2-1 betting on the Commanders, another team that was dreadful against the spread this season. So yeah, not too big of a surprise there. Uh, A couple other ones here I'll just kind of buzz through. Uh, Nick, not the best at betting overs. You were 1-4 this season betting on overs, but you were 8-5 betting on unders. Overall on totals, you went 9-9. Mine were very, very similar in record. I went 14-11 overall in totals. So slightly positive in the totals department. And this was this is the one that I think is really cool. I'll, I'll do the other one first. On the unders, we were positive by seven games. I can't do the math that quickly. Thirty-five and 
28, I think is what it is, with five pushes on the unders. But on well, – not unders. When we were betting underdogs. While betting okay. favorites, the podcast went 30-15-2. So when oh we call – when we call our favorites, we are we're picking them right. So yeah, maybe next year that's something Damn we can straight. incorporate when we feel pretty good. You know, when our we're deciding number five between two games, if we feel good about a favorite, maybe we we lump a couple of those in there next time. But those are just some miscellaneous stats that I was kind of looking cool. through from our betting tracker. So uh, shout out to every division besides the NFC South. <laughs> you guys, we, yeah, you guys real. killed us. We would have had an amazing season if we couldn't could stop betting the Panthers. Could have just laid off of them. Yeah, uh, is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the the favorites did really well in general this year. I listened to a few betting podcasts that kind of mentioned that uh, they uh, they have done a lot better than normal. Uh, I think you know next year we may want to keep that in mind that uh, it's probably going to swing back the other way a little bit. Uh, maybe the For lines sure. won't adjust at least in the start of the season because uh, the public will still be hammering those favorites. So maybe there will be, will be some value to be had at the beginning of next year, but we will see. Uh, I have our overall records here. I just wanted to recap uh, for the end of the season. Obviously, we didn't start doing five bets until about week six. So these numbers aren't going to be clean. Uh, you know, it's not going to be exactly five times 18, but uh, I went 45, 31, and four. Cody, 43, 33, and four. Uh, so again, both of us well above the threshold of uh, you know making money uh, with the big included. 88, 64, and eight as a podcast in 2023. Uh, really successful season, but we're going to go uh, for our total so far uh, in uh, two years of betting. Again, uh, we only did three bets per week last year, so this total is going to be a little less than uh, double what it was this year, but 132, 98, and 10 as a podcast. Well, in the money. Really quick math here brings that to 57.4%. Uh, not bad. And that's a pretty large sample size at this point, boys and girls. So uh, hopefully we can keep this up moving forward. But I think we have demonstrated our acumen uh, pretty well so far here. And again, uh, totals through two years for uh, Nick and Cody. Cody, 62, 53, and 5. Myself, 70, 45, and 5. Both of us, again, pretty well in the money here. So uh, good job from the podcast two years in. Hopefully we will only get better as we go on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just finished the math. So if you would have tailed every bet since we have been giving out our quote-unquote best bets, you would be up by 22 units. So I believe we were plus 6 units in 2022. We are plus 16 units in 2023. So, uh, you know, if your unit size is a dollar, that's 22 bucks. If your unit size is $10, that's 220. If it's 100, that's 2200 over the course of two years. So uh, like Nick said, definitely in the, in the money. So whatever your unit size is, you should have a couple extra to play around with this postseason. As long as you don't uh, find ways to blow them on teasers or parlays or anything like that, because we know those are definitely out there as well. But yeah, yeah it's been awesome. Do we, as we've I been say, crushing it. So not as I do, kind of thing, because uh, I definitely blow my money on teasers and parlays. But anyway, uh, let's go ahead and jump into these wild card games. A uh, couple of interesting lines to discuss. In my opinion, we're just going to go in chronological order here. So we'll start with the Browns at the Texans. Over under 44 and a half in this one. Browns two and a half point favorites on the road. Uh, so, Cody, uh, I'm leaning towards having us do three 
best bets from this weekend. I feel like there are enough different spots here between the uh, the totals and the lines that we can find three best bets. Uh, if you don't have three, uh, we can you know discuss maybe throwing some player props or something in there uh, to fill the gaps. But um, personally, I don't think this game is going to make it into my three. I've heard arguments from both sides. Uh, I don't have a strong lean one way or another. I think I want to be on the Browns uh, under a field goal, but uh, I don't feel great about betting against C.J. Stroud as a favorite at home, uh, even in his first playoff game. Do you have a stronger opinion? I don't necessarily have a stronger opinion. I would be on the same side. I would I would actually say the Cleveland minus two and a half would be in consideration for one of my three. I don't mind three. I think three is fine with the amount of uh, spreads and over-unders we'll have this week. Um, but I'm a little bit concerned because, one, you're going to be betting on Joe Flacco as a favorite on the road. And I, I bet if we look up the history on that, it's not very good for you besides his one run that he had when they won the Super Bowl. So a little bit concerning there, but you're getting a veteran defense. You're getting a veteran defensive coordinator against a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. So I do like that for the Browns quite a bit. I just – there's definitely – like we saw what Joe Flacco could potentially be last year with the Jets. Like that pumpkin game is out there for him. He could eventually yeah. just – he could fall flat on his face in the first round. C.J. Stroud has been incredible. He can just go out there and be doing what he's been doing for – two weeks now that he's been back from his concussion and, you know, maybe not light the Browns up, but definitely have a good offensive performance. So it's on the outskirts, but I'm leaning Cleveland minus two and a half. I know you have the action network pulled up. I'm going to assume the sharps are on the Cleveland side. I think they would also like the veterans. I'm going to say there's like a 15 to 25% lean on the Cleveland Browns. Well, what do you see there? There is no lean at all. 66% of bets on the Browns, but 66% of money. So uh, the bets and money are exactly uh, spread out here. Obviously, more bets on the Browns. Uh, and that makes sense since it opened at one and a half. It's gone to two and a half. So the books have listened to that a little bit and adjusted. But again, yeah, not a huge lean as far as the percentage of money is concerned. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's I'm kind of with them be... here. I'm not very confident here. I thought the public would be backing CJ Stroud a little bit more. But to be fair, the Agreed. Joe Flacco story has kind of spread like wildfire the past couple of weeks. So both very public teams. I just, I thought that the, the sharps would be taking the veteran side of it pretty, pretty heavily, but not, uh, not as much as I thought. Yeah. I don't have a ton of thoughts on this game beyond what you shared there. So we will wait till Saturday. Maybe uh, something comes up. Uh, that makes me or you uh, change our minds here again, Cody, potentially leaning towards Cleveland two and a half, but uh, we'll see uh, on Saturday morning. Uh, maybe we could try to get this out on Friday, actually, since there is what time is this game on Saturday? 3.30? I, I guess that's not too early. I was thinking it was noon, but um, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll try to have that posted at least Saturday morning so that you guys uh, have plenty of time sure. to detail the bets if you need to. Uh, Saturday night, streaming exclusively, exclusively on Peacock, an NFL playoff game. What are we doing here, people? Dolphins at Chiefs. Chiefs four-point home favorites in the frigid temperatures. This one expected to be uh, about negative 14 or 15 wind chill and around the zero-degree mark uh, throughout most of this game. Over-unders, 44. 
I do have a play in this game, but it is not on the line. I think based on the information I just uh, gave you, I think you could probably guess where I'm going here, Cody, but I want to hear your thoughts on this one as the resident Chiefs fan. Yeah, for sure. So one of my fun facts I forgot to mention when I was going through, zero bets on the Chiefs for me all season long. I've stayed true to my, I don't like betting (laughs) on my team for I don't, I think the one time that they were included in a bet, I took the Broncos plus the points. The Chiefs ended up costing me, and then I couldn't even be too happy that they won because they covered by half a point. So uh, that's why I do not like like doing that. They couldn't have been too successful against the spread, so that's probably a good thing you weren't on the Chiefs too much this year. Uh, I'm going to look that up before you give your thoughts on this game. Uh, but yeah, so here's, here's what I think. Obviously, like Nick said, it's going to be a weather game. We're going to see with the wind chill, it's probably going to be close to negative temperatures. You're going to have, I, it, it's not good for Miami. Obviously, if you listen to any podcast or any, watch any sports show, you're going to hear about the history of Miami going to cold weather cities. They just typically do not do it well, which makes sense. If you practice and played in 65, 70 degree weather, all season long, your body's just not going to be ready when it's zero degrees outside. Totally get that. What also is not going to be ready for it being zero degrees outside are these Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers. So yeah, I am petrified that this cold weather is going to neutralize any kind of passing game that we have already because our receivers suck. So um, I – when the line opened and the Chiefs were under a field goal, I did like that. Them at minus four, I'm a little bit more concerned about just because it's going to be a relatively low-scoring game. If Mostert's healthy, I I like the That's running key. game of Miami quite a bit. You know, they're they're very fast guys, and it's hard to tackle fast guys when it's freezing cold outside. You don't move as fast. It hurts a little bit more when you're getting hit. So I just – I, as a resident Chiefs fan, I obviously am going to be rooting super hard for the Chiefs to win a playoff game. I'm going to probably stay away from this game, but Nick, I do like where you're going with you know your respective bet in this game. So I'll let you describe or tell the people why you like your side. Yeah, I mean, I think under 44 is still a pretty good number. If this thing opened closer to 47, obviously weather reports have uh, changed that, but I don't think it's come down far enough to scare me off of it. I got it at 44 and a half like that a lot because 44 is a pretty key number. Once it drops below that, uh, we're going to be pretty cautious of it uh, because 44 is a very key number. A lot of scores obviously add up to this number, 24-20, 27-17, you know, et cetera. Uh, So this is a a pretty key number if you want to grab it now. I could easily see this going down another point or two once we get to Friday, Saturday, and the weather is confirmed to be uh, what we think it is at this point, which is going to be freezing cold. We talk about this a lot, cold on its own, not necessarily uh, a bad thing for point scoring. It's usually wind we're looking at. Uh, but in this case, uh, the cold that we're discussing is uh, beyond the the realm of what we consider you know, in normal play here. Once it gets below 10 degrees, that sort of qualifies as what we would uh, expect to be a weather game in, in the NFL. So catching the ball becomes a lot harder. Kicking the ball becomes a lot harder. And uh, I, I'm sure a lot of you who are uh, you know pretty big NFL fans have heard the stat that I don't that Tua Tungabailo has never played in a, a game below 30 degrees in his life, coming from Hawaii, playing at Alabama, and playing at Miami. This So this is going to be quite the rude awakening for him. It's disappointing. I really wanted to be on Miami in this game. I was going to hope to get a field goal, and if the weather wasn't an issue, I was going to love. I, w- I was going to love their chances in this one. But sharps are leaning KC. 
Uh, so I'm off the I'm off the line right now. I need to see some more information, but I still like the under 44 right now. How big is the lean? Because I know the sharps are on Kansas City just based on the line movement, but I I assume that the public's also going to be hammering Kansas City right now just because of all the you know anti dolphins and cold weather stuff that's being spread out there. So lean's not huge. You were right about both of those though. So fifty seven percent of bets on the Chiefs, sixty nine percent of money. Twelve percent is uh, what I'd call a medium lean, especially at this point in the week that can change by Saturday, but. Uh, so medium lean from the pros and the public on the Chiefs so far, uh, but it's not, you know, it's not overwhelming. There are other games that are uh, farther towards one side or the other this week. I think people are just a little wary of this Chiefs team. I, th- I, like you, I think you laid it out pretty well. I For mean, sure. their, their issues catching the ball are not going to get better when it is a negative 15 degree wind chill. So I think the under is just a good play here. There should be a lot of running. Uh, maybe even more Pacheco so than needs would to be run anyway. And um, stop. If scoring is going to be tough, I mean, I think it just makes a lot of sense here to to expect a you know twenty to seventeen type of game. Hundred uh, percent. Pittsburgh at Buffalo, the first game on the Sunday slate. This one kicking off at noon in uh, Northern New York. Buffalo ten point favorites. Over unders thirty six and a half. Um, another game where I don't have a strong lean right now, uh, one way or the other. I actually kind of have a surprising play that I think I would pick if I had to choose, but there are games later on that uh, are, I am, you know, I will have, I will have stronger opinions about. So Cody, tell me uh, if you disagree with me. I would just probably bet on Pittsburgh plus 10, just because I'm scared. It's a playoff game and it's a lot of points. So I think I'd probably just take, take the points and be happy with it. Like I said, this buff, this whole Buffalo team is going to come down to, if Josh Allen can control his turnovers, if he has two or three turnovers in this game against Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh gets to play the kind of game that they want to, it's going to end up being close. If he can just hold on to the ball and be efficient and they can just score, you know, pretty effectively, then I think they could cover the spread and win this game going away. It's just very tough when you don't know which Josh Allen you're going to get. I think very similarly about the over under, I'm surprised it's that low. I, I wouldn't mind hitting the over on that one just because it is so low, but uh, don't, I also just, I don't love the Pittsburgh offense with Mason Rudolph, even though they have came alive the past couple weeks. So I bet the over and just hope for either some turnovers, some points off of turnovers or a super clean game by Buffalo. And maybe they just blow out Pittsburgh and cover the spread or cover the total on their own. But Nick from your head nodding, I'm assuming you're thinking the same thing. Yeah, you uh, you definitely took the words out of my mouth. Thirty six and a half, another key number here. Obviously, uh, thirty seven a a very popular scoreline uh, throughout NFL history. Twenty seventeen, twenty seven ten. You know there are a lot of scores that we could conceivably see here that add up to that number. So if you can get it right now at thirty six and a half, I like it a lot. I think the odds that there is at least uh, whether it's a defensive score outright or you know a pick or a fumble that is picked up and uh, you know the offense takes over inside the red zone. I think that is very likely to happen at least once, maybe twice. And um, you know I, I think uh, beyond that, Buffalo blowing out the Steelers is on the board here as well. That uh, would all of those scenarios would probably get us to this over. So I think that's where I'd be leaning here. 
the fact that it's so big makes me just think Vegas is really trying to get me to bet on the Steelers. Uh, so yeah, that, I, I just I would stay away from the line, like Cody said, and play the over at this point. Uh, there are other games that we will discuss here in a minute that I like a little bit more uh, on the line itself. Vegas probably needs some money to come in on the Steelers because I think this opened up at like minus eight potentially, and it just got bet up super, super fast on Sunday night. I heard that in another podcast. So um, I guess these splits, a little surprising to me, actually. Oh, sure. I would assume that the pros are just taking 10 points in a playoff game. I would bet there's... A relative, actually, there's probably a pretty big lean on Pittsburgh. So I imagine the public's probably riding Buffalo. So, thirty percent lean on Pittsburgh. It's eighteen. Uh, you're okay. pretty on it. Uh, I thought the public would be more on Buffalo than they are, though. Fifty-eight percent of bets on the Bills, forty percent of money. Forty-two wow. percent of bets on the Steelers, sixty percent of money. So, pretty even split here. Uh, I thought again, yeah, I thought that lean would be stronger towards the Bills side, but. That is a lot of points to lay. So I, I can see, um, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, obviously Steelers being underdogs is a very classic sports bet as well. I think even somewhat casual NFL bettors would, would know to back Tomlin in this spot. Um, let's jump to the next one here. Green Bay at Dallas Cowboys, seven and a half point favorites at home over under a juicy 50 and a half year codes. Um, I'm just going to throw it right to you because I have a lean here, but I want to hear your thoughts on this before I uh, before I give it. What does Dallas do to bad to average teams at home? They absolutely blow them out. I love Dallas this week. I I'm okay with fading Green Bay. I every single podcast and every single TV show is talking about how the Packers have found their next guy. He's going to be the next Aaron Rodgers, the next Brett Favre. And it is just crazy to me that everyone is so bought into Jordan Love. He has been just picking apart terrible defenses. Even last week when we bet on the uh, Bears, unfortunately, I don't know if you saw this because I know you said you weren't watching the game. Their corner, I believe it's Jalen Johnson, ended up not yeah. playing in that game. That was pretty big. If I would have known he was not going to play, I probably would have been a little bit more hesitant betting on Chicago. But that's my fault for not doing that research. He makes a big difference. I could just see I could see Green Bay being able to score in this game at least a little bit. I don't think Dallas's defense is elite, but I do I do not see Green Bay's defense being able to keep up with Dallas's offense whatsoever. I and again at home they they destroy these middle of the pack to bad teams and I could just see that happening. Again, shout out to Green Bay for making the the seventh seed. You're gonna keep Jordan Love. I don't know if that's gonna be a great thing in the long run, but as I said, I know a lot of Packers fans. I was hoping their season would come to an end last week, and they are uh, they are glazing over Jordan Love right now. They just think he's amazing. I I don't quite see it. God damn it, Cody! You just we're sure, we're good I, betters, Nick. We're going to be on the same side of these six games. <laughs> I know, but I was actually going to bring up about I, I like I don't get this Jordan Love thing either. I mean, he his numbers are great. I feel like that's what everybody just kind of just sees these numbers. He's got the second most touchdown passes in the NFL this it's year. It's a down everybody's, year. I know everybody's just enamored with it, and I I don't see it. I mean, I think he could be a fine starter moving forward. Obviously, I mean, this is his first year starting, but to say they've found their next Hall of Fame passer, give me a break. He needs to show me a lot more before I believe that and yeah I mean have we all forgotten that this Green Bay defense I know it looked good against Justin Fields at home and on the road against Jaron Hall but it gave up 30 points to Bryce Young just two weeks ago on the road Uh, this defense is 
bad. I think bottom 10 in the NFL at the very least, maybe even worse than that. Dallas at home. I mean, if, if they can't figure this thing out and blow out this Packers team, or at least put up, you know, I think the only way Green Bay covers is if they score 30. And, you know, I just, I just don't see that happening here on the road against a pretty darn good defense uh, in the Dallas Cowboys. They obviously injuries have kind of a, you know, I wouldn't call them elite anymore. They can get the ball moved on them, but uh, they'll create some turnovers. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I love the Dallas Cowboys spot here. I think this is the, this is actually giving me more confidence in this Dallas team. So I'm just going to give you the splits because uh, it's going to go to my point here. 55% of bets on the Packers. So they are a slight public dog, but 87% of money. So huge, huge lean from the pros here on the Packers. But here's the thing. This line opened at Cowboys minus seven. It's a Cowboys minus seven and a half. So despite the fact that more bets have come in on the Packers and way more money has come in on the Packers, the books decided to move the line the other direction. Tells me that they are looking for even more Packers money because they've taken a position on the Cowboys. Don't don't try to don't try to fool the books, guys. They they know what they're doing. They know that this Dallas Cowboys team is probably going to come out here and win this game by ten to fourteen points. So I would be fine at seven and a half. I think I would wait though. Just wait and see if this money keeps rolling in on the Packers. You know, eventually, maybe this book just moves it back down to seven and you can get the push at a touchdown win. Because I don't like the points between seven and a half and nine mean way less to me than the points between the the half point between seven and a half and seven. You know, like I would be just as comfortable betting this thing at eight and a half or nine for the Cowboys as I would here. So I'd probably wait and see if you can grab a seven. Otherwise, um, I'm still fine with it at seven and a half. It's going to be in my three, probably no matter what. Okay. So I was going to ask before we go to the next game, do you, when we do our show for Friday night, Saturday, whenever it ends up coming out, do you want to do where we can overlap picks or do you want to do it like draft style where you, like if you have the first overall pick, you can just take Dallas minus seven and a half off the board. And I don't get a chance. I think we have to overlap because there's just not enough positions to have here. I mean, there's only 12 spots you can play and we've already kind of mentioned how, you know, three or four of those spots we're not that into. So we're, uh, we're going to be forcing each other to take some less than desirable plays if we go that route. So if we overlap, Hey, it worked out last week. We went three and one. I don't think we should question it. That is true. Okay, cool. I'm with you. Like I said, I'm with you on Dallas. Anything on the over under 15 and a half seems like a good number. Like the over. Um, yeah, because I think there's a lot of avenues here, a lot of avenues where this gets, this gets done. Um, you know, if Dallas blows out the Packers, they could cover 80% of this spread. And if Green Bay is to you know contend in this game, I think they're going to need the over to hit because I just don't see a world where Dallas is often scores less than 28 points in this game. Um, they're, they're just too good, and this Green Bay defense is just too not for for Dallas to, uh, to not put up a decent amount of points here. 100% agree. I, I don't have as sharp of a lean on the over, but I would take the over in that matchup. Yeah, I just I don't think I'm going to play the over because I like the line. So I'll I'll just stick with the Cowboys and uh, ride them against the spread. But I do I do like the over as well. Uh, Rams at Lions, probably the game of the weekend, at least from a narrative standpoint. Here, 
Uh, Detroit three-point home favorites over under 51 and a half. I let Cody have the glory in the last game, so I'm going to take the words out of his mouth here and say that we're on the Rams. Uh, I'm hoping Cody is backing me here. I got this, luckily, when it was at three and a half. I love that number. If we can get this at three and a half, my goodness. Uh, but we're not going to. I'm, again, just going to spoil this for you because this, these splits are absolutely hilarious. 73% of bets on the Rams so far. 96% of money. Absolutely nobody on the Lions. That scares me a little bit, but the line has also moved. It was plus four. It's down to plus three. That's, again, it's only one point, but it's a really, really big point. So the books have adjusted. And... Um, it just makes a lot of sense. I think these two teams mirror each other pretty pretty well. I mean, you've got really good offenses. Um, obviously, Stafford and Goff are somewhat statues. They're pocket passers. Uh, you know, they're going to make their hay uh, throwing the ball down the field from the pocket. But you've got a good run defense in Detroit. You've got a good run defense in the Rams. You've got a beatable secondary in Detroit. You've got a beatable secondary uh, for the Rams. You've got decent offensive playmakers on both sides. You've got uh, probably a better offensive line with Detroit. I think that's where they really have their advantage. But, um, you know, the Rams probably have a better standout player on their defense, that being Aaron Donald. So uh, I think this is just a basically a coin flip style game. And if we can get three and a half points, especially with the more veteran team, that's not going to be rattled here. Detroit going to be playing with a lot of emotion in this one. We have already seen how that can kind of backfire on them. Uh, I just, I really like the Rams in this spot. Uh, not as much at three, but if we can get a three and a hook, woohoo, yes, please hammer that. Yeah, I will be, whatever I win from my Saturday and Sunday bets will all be going on Rams money line Sunday night. I love the Rams in this spot. Love them plus the points. I if we were doing the draft, this would be my number two pick probably. I would take. I would just snag the Rams plus the points from you. But like you said, not worried about that. Um, I, I love them. I think this is going to be a huge game for Detroit, and it's just it's probably going to be a little too much for them. The Rams coming off their Super Bowl a couple of years ago have been in these spots a few different times the past couple of years. Uh, surprisingly, Aaron Donald has had another really good season. It's been under the radar compared to some of the Barry. other defensive stats that have been out there. Mm -hmm. He has been dominant, so their defense is still, at least from a pass rush perspective, pretty good. They can get taken advantage of in the secondary a little bit, but they're improving in that aspect. And then on the offensive side, their weapons are insane. Sam Laporta is also a huge part of this game. If he ends huge. up not going, being able huge. to play, uh, that'll be just one of the bigger kind of letdowns of the season, just not getting Sam Laporta in a playoff game. I believe that the words from Dan Campbell were, it was it's going to be a long shot or it's going to take a lot or it's something along that verbiage that it, he's not very confident yeah, in Sam Laporta even being Even if he play. plays – very unlikely he's going to be playing a full snap share and that he's going to be himself. So, um, yeah. you know, it almost doesn't even matter to me. If he tries to gut it out, good for him. But, uh, you know, he's not going to be the same dynamic player that he's been throughout this year. I think I think we, we've kind of already seen how these two teams have sort of showcased their immaturity and their veteran nature. The Rams last week, when they had a chance, they ended up winning the game anyway. Uh, they moved up to the six, but it sort of mattered for them. You know, they had the six, seven on the line. They didn't care. They rested their starters. They said, we're going to play who we're going to play. We're confident in our team. And, you know, we're going to go out there and get the job done. While the Lions had a very outside shot to move from three to two, they played all their starters the entire game. One of their biggest pieces on offense gets hurt and will probably miss at least this week. So, um, 
yeah, I think that just kind of an encapsulation of sort of uh, how I view these teams. Very similarly, they're very solid squads on both sides, but the Rams have the uh, the veteran presence, they have the experience, and uh, they, they're getting the points. So I, uh, I like the Rams a lot. This is the ultimate rest versus rust game. I, if it, unfortunately with no Sam Laporta, so that's why I, said, I think Detroit's kind of at a disadvantage. But Detroit, like you said, went full throttle all the way through the end of the game last week, and the Rams. I mean, as soon as Puka set the records that he wanted to set, Sean McVay got him out of that game with <laughs> didn't even let him get another snap. Yeah, he said, "You, I am smart. not risking it whatsoever." So, uh, yeah, I love the Rams. I plus three will definitely be in my best bets, and like I said, I will bet them on the money line with any uh, proceeds I end up winning over the course of Saturday. Yeah, foolish and decision Sunday. by Dan Campbell, in my opinion. I love Dan Campbell. Uh, such a fun coach, and I think they had, he has a bright future here in Detroit. But, uh, yeah, just just seems like he coaches with emotion a little bit too often and needs to, uh, you know, rein it in, especially I think that, that Dallas Cowboys two-point conversion may have just kind of set this season on uh, the wrong course here for the Lions. So we'll see. Should be a really fun game either way. Did you, Philly. I don't know, sorry, sorry, sorry I would interrupt you, but I don't know if you watched the Detroit game. He ended up getting a play where 70 was called for, or like during their thing, 63 was the one who was supposed to check. They said 70 was the one who did check, kind of caused that confusion on that two point. Dan Campbell made sure to have a play in the playbook this week to get the ball to number 70 on like a little out route. So <laughs> I feel like, like you said, he, he was still thinking of that yeah. two point conversion yeah, uh, this week for sure. It's also it's a very high emotion game anyway because you have Jared Goff who oh, yeah. you know has his whole thing. He basically was told by the Rams, "You can't get us to where we want to go, so we're getting rid of you." Matt yep. Stafford had a lot of unsuccess in Detroit, but obviously a lot of love for that team. So it's it's going to be an awesome way to wrap up Sunday, just in general with that game. Billy at Tampa on Monday night is the last game of Wild Card Weekend. Bless you. Oh, thank you. Okay. Um, <laughs> he muted himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was quick with the, the quick with the mute button there, but um, I think I I have no lean on this game right now. I need a lot more uh, in the way of injury news to to have an opinion here. I want to be on Tampa plus three. I feel like it's the square play. Surprisingly, well, I guess I'll uh, I'll just let you guess, Cody. Um, before we get into the game here, just give me a, a guess on what you think the the splits are like for this one. Oh, let's see the splits. Gosh, the Eagles have just looked so bad. I would assume that there's probably a little bit more money on the Eagles, a little bit more bets on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So a little bit of a pro lean on the Eagles side. So it's actually uh, both. So we got a we got a fifty seven percent of the bets on the Eagles, sixty three percent of the money. So a slight pro okay. lean uh, with the money and a slight public lean, which was very surprising to me considering how bad they've looked. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I I don't understand why they're catching three here, uh, but it makes me think the the books have an idea about Baker's health. Maybe he's just more banged up than we're letting on, uh, or at least than Tampa's letting on. You know, he looks really bad against Carolina last week. Again, they scored zero points, so he did win the game, but I don't know if I want to give him too much credit for that. Uh, so, yeah, we got two teams that we just don't know enough about as far as uh, where their stars are health-wise. I need more information here, uh, and I don't I don't really want to recommend anything before, uh, before I have it. There's just a lot of moving parts right now. 
Yeah, you can't recommend much. With Philadelphia, you're waiting on injury news from their two biggest offensive weapons. Tampa Bay, you're obviously – I'm sure Baker's going to play, but he's a little bit banged up as well, so you kind of want to get some word on what his injuries are going to look like going into the game. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with Nick. I, I agree to stay away. If this line were to hold, and let's just hypothetically say, you know, everyone's playing, some are obviously going to be banged up. There is a good, um, there's a good stat for playoff un- home underdogs, uh, especially of three points or less. I can't remember the exact stat. I was listening to it on the way to volleyball tonight, but I know that they were clearly above sixty, potentially above seventy percent. So. Home underdogs of three or less are really good in the playoffs, at least from a betting perspective. But for now, I can't recommend anything. I want to be on Philadelphia. I just think that if both these teams play their best game, I think Philadelphia's best game is better. But I can't I can't tell you to confidently bet Philadelphia right now without knowing if they're going to have either A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith for this game. Yeah, funny. This is uh, this game is basically a mirror of what we saw last year heading into the uh, you know the the wild card weekend. Dallas had that stinker against Washington in a game they they actually needed to win uh, during the last week of the season. Tampa Bay uh, won a game, I believe, against the Carolina Panthers in the last week of the season uh, that they looked pretty good in. And uh, everybody was on Tom Brady and the Bucks at home catching a couple points, but Dallas just blew them out of the water because they were a much, much better team. So I think we could see that happen again here. But again, I need to make sure we're, we have A.J. Brown, we have Devontae Smith, or at least one of those two. And, you know, this, this Philly team is uh, coming in with some of their weapons because if they're missing a lot of guys, that'll change my opinion. Absolutely. Do you have anything else on this slate? I don't think so, my man. Let's uh, let's just get some more info on uh, these injuries, and we will have our picks for you on uh, Saturday morning. We found a way to have half as many, less than half as many games, and still stretch this thing out to an hour. So I think, uh, yeah, the the stats in the middle kind of helped us juice the uh, the time the time there. But yeah, this is playoff football, man. This is fun stuff. I love talking uh, talking these games. We probably a little long winded, but uh, you know that that's why we're here. Absolutely. I do want to share a couple of futures that I placed. I obviously have the 50 to one Buffalo bills put five to win two fifty on that a few weeks ago. So got that going in the nice. playoffs, which is exciting. And then my bigger bet was my super bowl prediction from the start, put uh 25 to win a little over 500 on Dallas to win the NFC, the chiefs to win the AFC. So need a couple of things to go my way, but those are out the there. Uh, so if you if you don't have a side to root for in those games, root for my bets. I'd appreciate it. You got it. <laughs> uh, Nick, I will talk to you later on this week. Like we said, uh, we either record Friday night, Saturday. It'll be out Saturday morning for you. If we have any bets that are in the Houston and uh, Cleveland game, we'll also post them on Facebook. So take a look there if you need to. Nick, I'll talk to you later this week. Peace out. Peace.